Welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. I am so happy you're here. If you want to create a beautiful home that isn't cookie cutter or a trendy copy of someone else's, you're in the right place. And if you don't want to hurt your wallet or the planet to get one of those dream homes. And you can get started with my brand new quiz called Fix My Room. It's actually more of an assessment tool, but the word quiz, I think, sounds better because it's it's really easy to do. Just answer 20 multiple choice questions and you'll be pinpointing why your room isn't working, why it feels off, and why maybe your previous efforts haven't really panned out. Or maybe you're fairly happy with your room, but you want to make sure that your design choices are going in the right direction. Visit our website at slowstylehome.com and click on the quiz button right at the top. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later in the show. Now, let's dig into this week's episode. Hi, we're Karen June and Zandra of Little Yellow Couch. Welcome to our fifth season of Style Matters. This podcast is for people with real lives and real homes. The kinds of lives and homes that have constraints are sometimes messy and never perfect. But despite all of this, if you're still obsessed with using your home as a way to share who you are, decorating in a way that gives something back to you, and surrounding yourself with beauty because that's what makes you happy, then this podcast is for you. Along with interviewing top stylists and designers, we want to incorporate your questions into the show. If you're struggling with some aspect of your home, email us at info at littleyellowcouch.com and we'll respond on air. Our guest today, Joanna Thornhill, has spent many years in the interiors industry, multitasking like crazy. She stages photo shoots, sources props for styling, and does project management and social media planning for all kinds of brands who need her particular eye for design. And she also fits in private clients looking for help decorating their homes. Her book, Home for Now, Making Your Rented Space or First Home Beautiful, caught our attention because we haven't talked that much on this podcast specifically about finding your style when you're renting or when you're cash-strapped after buying your first home. There is a lot of information out there on how to save money, but what Joanna does is connect the dots between how to decorate on a budget and why going to the trouble of doing so is worth it in a temporary space. This interview will inspire all of us to stop worrying about making great big decisions that are supposed to last for decades and allow ourselves to decorate with less constraint. We start by talking about renting in the U.S. versus the U.K. Before we begin, we'd like to introduce you to our sponsor. Carolina Elizabeth is an artist whose current work is a range of still life paintings in oil. Her paintings express her admiration for the small details of everyday objects, things that may typically go unnoticed, giving us an opportunity to experience beauty that would otherwise be lost. Some of her subject matter includes things she finds in her garden, including blush-colored eggs from her chickens and figs from her trees. Other favorite compositions are flowers and vases or alongside items from the Couture House of Chanel, grounding her work in the present while painting the timelessness of a peony. 
Karen and I are drawn to the work of Carolina Elizabeth because we share her belief that experiencing beauty on a daily basis is one of the key elements of happiness and why, at Little Yellow Couch, we put such an emphasis on the connection between art and home. To see Carolina Elizabeth's portfolio and to purchase her work, which, by the way, is very affordable for first-time art collectors, visit her at carolinaelizabeth-art.blogspot.com. You can also find her on the show notes page of this episode. Now, let's jump into this week's interview. We're really excited to talk with you about your book. I think it's a book that needed to be written, and you have done a beautiful job with it. <laughs> well, certainly over in the UK, it's it's sort of rent very much seems to be the mindset of you make do with a rental and then you buy your house and that's when you sort of bother trying to make it nice and do the things to it. Whereas um, certainly here, it's sort of, you know, people are renting for longer and longer. Sometimes people don't want to buy. They want the freedom of being able to move around. Um, so I think it's just a question of thinking, what can I do that's realistic um, and that I can sort of, things that I can potentially take with me or, you know, things that are going to be fun to do and aren't going to cost me very much money. You said you treated the space like you would a styling shoot. And I thought ah, yes. that, that was really brilliant. Now, in the UK, when you move into a flat, are most of them already furnished? It depends. It, it's sort of variable, really. It's it's fairly common to have furnished um, flats or, or part furnished flats in houses. Um, okay. I, I think more so than I'm, I'm well I understand that places like Germany it's very much you you get a place and it's an empty shell and, and you might even put in a kitchen um and you're sort of very much treated like your own home whereas here it's it's far more you know it's very common to be at Philanos to not want you to put pictures on the wall not want you to paint um it sort of can be really very restrictive as to as to what you can do to make it um make it personal so that was my thinking that the, there's lots of things I do that are for folks shoots that you wouldn't do for life and obviously some things aren't very practical like like when we gaffer tape curtains to the walls um, but there's lots of other things that you think well actually this this will be all right for a few months or even like a year um you know it's not going to last forever it's not going to last a house with three dogs and four children but for just me and my little flat there's no reason I can't just double-sided tape this bit of fabric to hide this nasty thing and, you know, it'll be fine. So I think it's just thinking, I think sometimes people worry about not knowing how to do things properly, so to speak. So they think, oh, well, I won't do it. Whereas I've always just thought, well, what's the kind of way around this? Right, right. No, I love that. So sort of to, you know, put my little bit of the story in, we're, we're in the, we've lived in our house for 15 years and there's a possibility we may have to move in the fall for a new school for my son. And so... The idea of moving into a rental space that is just this sort of empty shell that basically looks like a hotel room, I feel like it's going to be this sort of soulless experience. And so mm. it was really encouraging um, to look at your perspective and to to realize that that maybe I can get a bit creative. Maybe I can find some sort of temporary solutions that, you know, even if it's not done, in, as you said, the proper way that, um, that I can find ways to personalize with, without um, making a huge commitment. 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's in, in some ways, rentals are quite are quite nice for that because when you're renting or if it's somewhere that you just think, I, you know, I'm not going to do a big job here, I just, what can I what can I do as a bit of a quick fix? It's kind of quite fun because you th- sort of think, well, I, I can plan some ideas, I'm going to change this whole room in a weekend and it's going to cost me £200. I've got like, you know, literally a blank canvas and it's yours and some money to do it. It's kind of like, oh, well, where do I start? Like in this, I, I've always dreamed, I've always thought, I, I love wallpaper and I've always thought, oh, what wallpapers would I have when I have my own home? and actually now we have I've only got wallpaper on, on one wall in one room because it's like oh it's, it's too much choice I don't know whereas when I was in my rentals I put loads of wallpaper on furniture <laughs> um, and you know strips like taped strips to the wall and, and things and had a lot more kind of fun with it in a way it's, it's not a very different approach but I think certainly it shouldn't be kind of a second best to owning it should be sort of just different and how, how can you make the most of it really yeah, I love that idea that it's not it's not putting your life on hold or your the development of your personal style on hold because you don't have your permanent home. And in fact, the rental can can give you a chance to really explore your personal style because it for the, for the very reason that it isn't permanent and and it isn't long-lasting and you really can try out different um aspects of yourself and your interests and you know what kind of see what you really love and it's it can be a wonderful time yeah and you know it might be a different kind of property to the kind of property you might you might be renting a a really modern flat but your dream house is a kind of a victorian older property so it's can it can be sort of quite fun to think well you know I'd, i'd approach this in a different style to to how i would this type property to that property so I want to get back to, I want to kind of step back really quickly and ask the question, which I believe your book answers, um, why bother? Why bother putting the time or effort at all into a rental? And when you close the door on the world and you sort of breathe a sigh of relief and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm back here. This is, this is great. This is where I want to be. And it really doesn't take very much to... Um, to sort of make a place feel that way. It can really sort of enhance your life in a way. Um, it's, it's not just about a nice, perfectly designed space at all. It's just about having having a nice space, the things around you that you like. And I find real pride in when I have put in the effort um, to do something, even if it's just, you know, getting an old bookcase and, and painting it and then you've finally done it and you've rearranged it and then you sort of, I'll keep sort of glancing at it like, oh, yay, <laughs> it's that bookcase. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think it's just kind of a sense of pride and the sense of, of just making it feel feel like home, which makes you feel happy to be at home. Yeah. Yeah. I also love what you were saying earlier about this idea of exploring sort of different aspects of your aesthetic. You know, if you're renting a more modern space versus, um, you know, a Victorian space, as you said, you know, I used to, it's it's interesting because I used to sort of have this perspective that that I had a certain aesthetic and so I needed to own a home that fit that aesthetic and, and thankfully that aesthetic has gone with this home that I've been living in. But I have this, uh, this other space, I have a home that was handed down to me in our family in Greece. It almost has a sort of modern, clean feel to it. And I had this sort of concept that I needed to figure out a way to make what I thought was my aesthetic work in that space. And so I was completely frozen. I mean, just 
no idea. Where do you start? I was wondering if you could expand a little bit, maybe in your own personal experience, you know, how to carry over bits of yourself or all of yourself, I guess, with bits of, you know, things from other spaces into a space that might not architecturally feel like you at first. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really interesting sort of, um, I think it's a really interesting area. Um, I've always really liked, um, well, I I sort of love older properties as well. And I've always wanted, I've lived in a few Victorian um, rental properties, but they've generally all been sort of quite modern, like, you know, uh, carpet, all the the period features are are gone. So for all intents and purposes, you're kind of in a modern space anyway. So I seemed to have accrued quite a lot of sort of, vintage furniture uh, bits and bobs partly just because it was sort of hand-me-downs and partly because I like that style and then when we moved into our house which is a Victorian terrace house um we've been sort of stripping it all back and revealing all these features and then suddenly it was like oh my god does it actually look kind of genuinely like an old person's home or like <laughs> like a kind of um one a, a, an uncle came out and said oh it's like a museum your house <laughs> right. I was like, oh god um it wasn't quite what I, what I meant so I think I've I've had to sort of have a bit of a look at certain things and actually sort of actively try to bring in kind of modern elements whether it's uh, a, like a, a piece of furniture or, or painting something in like a really contemporary color or or something to sort of try and make it feel a bit more uh, deliberate and also we've uncovered a lot of original features that I didn't know were there that we found some old Victorian wallpaper so the builders um, discovered that just as they were about to sort of plaster over it and called a halt um, <laughs> but so we sort of so suddenly like I'd sort of designed how this this was in my hallway so I designed how it was all going to look and then suddenly it was like actually I need to completely change everything now because I really want to keep this wallpaper but what else can I do so then instead of what I was going to do was put in um like a traditional dodo rail back in which which it had been removed I thought actually I'm going to do the same effect but with a line of copper tape Mm. so I've just got this copper tape going along the hallway now so I've got really crisp painted walls with this nice copper tape but then this original um wall that a lot of people still think when you're gonna get that finished (laughs) um but to me I think that's kind of the right the right sort of balance between kind of respecting the property um, but not making it feel kind of like a sort of a weird pastiche museum. Um, and it still kind of feels like my style as well. So, yeah, I'm not sure if that entirely answers the question. But Absolutely. Well, and I, and I think something else that you pointed out was all of these skills, this sort of open-mindedness, this sort of creative flexibility, let's say, that you learned in your years of renting has totally carried over. Well, and it sounds like you'd like to mix a little bit of modern with the old, which in and of itself is a contemporary idea. So I think that that keeps it from looking like a museum. Um, so I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, it was definitely meant as a, as a compliment. But. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, and, and to kind of keep going in that vein, um, what are some of the things that you learn or that, that you feel that the book has taught you um from decorating a rental that you can take with you into future homes i always think i think even if i was a a millionaire which sadly i am not but um i think i would i would still be the person that was sort of really excited by sort of coming up with some clever money saving scheme i think it's just something it's just very satisfying when you sort of 
come up with a creative solution. And, and often when you do it that way, you get exactly what you want because you've sort of designed it yourself, even if it's something very simple. Right. Um, I want to talk about something specific that I loved about your book. Uh, you have a, your, when you talk about seating areas um, and you really focus on the walls, I, I thought that was so interesting because most people, when they're coming into a new space um, in the beginning, so they're either renting it or maybe it's their first home so they don't already currently own a lot of furniture, I feel like they do – all of us, we all focus on the furniture first. Well, I've got to get a couch and I've got to get some chairs and you have to figure out what you can afford and what you like. And um, by focusing on the walls first, I felt like you kind of flip things on on their head. And um, then, of course, you have some, some lovely ideas like hanging wallpaper from um, pant hangers as opposed to actually sticking it on the wall. Um, or using packaging. I don't, were they tea boxes or something that was used as wallpaper? But I feel like the walls are really a great way to, even if you're using double-sided tape, as you said, to make something feel like yours without having to invest in furniture because maybe it is just a rental and you don't want to spend, or maybe you don't have the money to spend on on furniture, but go ahead and don't ignore the walls. Put stuff up on the walls because that's how it feels so personal. Yeah, that, that was my thinking, really. I think, I think coming from my um, rented background, where just most of the properties I've rented have been furnished, I'm so, I think I'm sort of attuned to thinking, well, do, do what you can with the furniture, but the walls, you know, you can make your own. And it was just that idea that, again, a lot of places here, you're not allowed to put to hang pictures on the walls with nails and that sort of thing. So a lot of people will will have just, you know, just blank, boring, depressing blank walls because it's like, well, I can't hang pictures on the wall, so I, obviously I can't do anything. It's like, well, actually, you can. You can do loads of things. And, I mean, even, again, now I'm a homeowner, I kind of don't want to be shoving loads of nails in, in my walls um, all over the place necessarily. So I've done things like, well, in my study, I've got sort of a giant pin board um, that I've stuck to the wall. Um, I think you have them in America this 3M command strips. Yes, um, <laughs> we love those. Brilliant, I love that. I use them all the time. Um, so I've got sort of a big pin board held up on the wall with them. Um, I painted the same colour as the wall. Um, I still stick things up with washi tape. Um, my favourite, <laughs> favourite thing, <laughs> that, that clipper tea box thing. Obviously, um, that was the lady Nanette. Um, oh. Obviously, she bought all the boxes of tea, but <laughs> yeah. I don't think she saw it as a chore. <laughs> right. You know, th- there's so much you can do without really spending any money and just making a big impact with the walls. I, I just feel like the, the biggest um, takeaway from your book, and it's, it's such a great one, is that rather than thinking of a rental as an impermanent, impersonal space, you actually can make it maybe even more personal than you, than you might a home that you're owning because you're creating things that are slightly temporary and you can play around with things like making a collage of tea box covers on your wall. I mean, you know, maybe you would think, oh, that's, I would never do that in my quote unquote real home, but, but in my rental, why not? And I, I feel like opening up those why not moments um, is such a great way to look at a, a place that you're not necessarily going to be in forever. Yeah, I, I think there can. There sort of seems to be a, almost a bit of a, a pressure in a way of, of when it is kind of your your forever home or, or your own home that you own that you yeah you sort of think you know I'm I'm a grown up. I think it's kind of I always sort of 
being younger, you sort of think, well, I'm, when you're a student, you blue tack your posters to your wall, but and then when you're a grown up, you, everything's got to be done properly and in frames and hung on the correct manners, and and it's kind of like just trying to say, well, actually, there's a kind of a middle ground that, yeah, you don't want kind of sad dogged blue tacked posters <laughs> when you're in your 30s and 40s um but the, it's sort of there can be this kind of middle ground where you can sort of have a bit of fun and you know not not worry too much about it and not worry about you know it doesn't matter if this isn't going to last 10 years um you know it doesn't it doesn't mean you can't still have a bit of bit of a place. I, I think that that idea that something has to last for 10 years or for 20 years, it's paralyzing. You, you get your, your quote unquote real home and then all of a sudden you feel like not only does every decision I make going to live with me for 25 years, but also it has to be the right one. I have to make the, you know, the right furniture choice, the right wall color choice, the right flooring choice. And and all of that pressure, it can really stymie people and, and make them feel paralyzed. Yeah, definitely. Even like painting a wall, you know, if you paint, I painted a feature wall um, in my bedroom. I tried out um, a sort of an ombre style paint technique and the whole thing only took a day and I've kept it. Like I did it actually for a a shoot, but I've kept it. But I've always thought, well, you know, it's no big deal to try something else or or paint over it. You know, it's the cost of a tin of paint and a few hours of, of time. So I think people can think, my friend was telling me she was hearing someone talking on a bus about with a couple of people saying, oh, well, I'd like to repaint this room, but I won't because I rent. And so it's not worth paying paying that money. And it's like, well, it's kind of for the cost of a meal out and a trip to the cinema, you could buy a tin of paint and it could suddenly make you feel so much happier about your home that you might live in for another six, 12 months, two years. So, Well, and it's funny because that ties into actually our final question, which is sort of the basis of our podcast, which is why does style matter? And, and you're sort of pointing it out right there that, you know, at least one aspect of it is, how it makes us feel do you want to expand on that a little bit yeah I mean I think yeah um for me it's that just feeling of shutting the door and just feeling really happy with your with your space whatever else is going on um in the world and it's just um and also just a a sort of a way to see all your like my home is just full of stuff I've picked up from from travels and even just from like a, a, a visit to a shop with a friend and it, and it makes you remember that that day out um so it's kind of just you know it doesn't just have to be photos that are kind of your the things that that bring spark back your your memories and your happy times um and I think it's just yeah basically not kind of worrying too much about sort of creating a space that everything is brilliantly coordinated um and all sort of aesthetically works beautifully together it's sort of creating um curating all these things that you love and then you know, just having taking a step back and thinking, well, you know, I could just make these few tweaks and to to get it all to work, really. If that's answering the question, I feel like I'm veering off that again. <laughs> we have no, we have no expectation of an answer for for a question. We we just want to sort of hear hear what's on you know the tip of your tongue. What 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 gets you inspired? What gets you excited? Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful book. We're very excited to share it with people. And um, we just want to thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you very much for asking. I'm very pleased you like the book. Thanks so much for listening. 
If you've liked what you've heard, we'd really appreciate if you take a moment to rate us on iTunes. And if you'd like more fearless decorating ideas from Little Yellow Couch, sign up for our newsletter at littleyellowcouch.com, and you'll receive our free e-magazine called Five Ways to Decorate with Books. Connection, style, substance. That's Little Yellow Couch. Thanks so much for listening. I know your time is valuable, and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air, and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day, and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now.